This is a bonus episode of Dumb People with Terrible Ideas. I'm your host, Eric Gray. Let's take a look at the world's all-time least courageous people. Number five, Tiger Woods. It takes no courage to be a golfer when you've been trained to be a golfer since you were six months old. It's like praising a hammer for pounding a nail. It's what Tiger Woods was groomed and built for. His athletic ability and head start whacking balls when he was four years old sent him to the pinnacles of his sport. He's one of the best golfers to have ever lived. And it doesn't take courage to marry an absolute smoke show of a blonde Nordic goddess. But it takes courage to keep your big sweaty hog in your pants when you are rich and famous and able to pull top tier tail 24-7. For Tiger Woods, the world was an all-you-can-bang buffet of babes. And it takes no courage to be a glutton in that circumstance. And if you lie about a thousand different affairs, holy shit, cowboy, take a cold shower. Courage means you take course correction before your wife starts beating the shit out of your car in the driveway. That takes some real balls, my friend, and I'm not talking about Titleists. Courage is facing the music before your wife orders the code red. If it gets to that point, Tiger, you've triple bogeyed a marriage and cowardly lioned an entire career. Number four, Pontius Pilate. If Pontius Pilate lived today, he'd be in a mustard yellow short sleeve shirt wearing Velcro shoes, a Dwight Schrute of Dunder Mifflin, a middle-level bureaucrat vainly memorizing Mussolini's speeches in an attempt to act brave. Instead, 2,000 years ago, Pontius Pilate was the guy that saw an innocent man, horribly beaten and tortured by a mob of murderous assholes, and decided, hey, y'all can go ahead and kill him too if you want. I'm running late for an orgy at the vomitarium. Pontius Pilate was the man that convicted Jesus Christ. He saw a bloodthirsty crowd who'd already broken 14,000 laws since lunch on one side and the damn near dead son of God on the other side and said, well, uh, I guess both sides are equally bad on this. In fact, he asked the crowd several times, are you sure you want to crucify Jesus? Because I don't think he did anything wrong and you already mocked him and beat him up real bad. And the crowd said, no, we want to crucify him. And Pilate was like, are you sure? And the crowd was like, yep. And then he goes, are you really sure? And the crowd said, yep, sure do. And then Pontius Pilate, governor of Judea, was like, whoopsie daisy. Okay, peace out. See you on the flim flam. And then Jesus was killed. Pontius Pilate knew his ass was in the ringer if he saved Jesus and simply decided that one man's death was better than he himself losing his sweet gig being fed peeled grapes by naked virgins in the steam bath. Being courageous demands a lot. 
and we all fall short at times, but this is something one cannot fail at. If you're gonna be a coward, be a coward because of the spider in the bathroom or the possum in your recycling bin. Don't be a coward when a man's life is on the line. Number three, Dr. Smith on Lost in Space. Dr. Smith was the bad guy on the TV series Lost in Space, a TV show so old your great-grandma watched it while losing her virginity. The whole plot to the TV show was that an entire family was stuck in a spacecraft with Dr. Smith, a guy that had snuck on board because he was trying to make the ship explode and kill the family, and the rocket just took off anyway because no one noticed he was in it. So this evil motherfucker was just trying to kill everybody on board for like three seasons because he was intergalactically trapped with a family that appeared to love one another and it pissed him off for some reason. Dr. Zachary Smith spent nearly every episode trying to figure out a way to kill the Robinson family with aliens or lightning or earthquakes or cold or heat. One of the family was a child, like a, a cute, toe-headed 12-year-old boy. And Dr. Smith kept trying to kill him too, even after they became friends. Dr. Smith was always trying to steal another spaceship or reprogram the dipshit robot to murder someone. And one time, when that didn't work, he sold the robot to an alien for food and then got turned into a celery stalk. It was a very odd TV series. The reason Dr. Smith is on the list is because he was a legendary coward, yes, but also that he had one singular nefarious goal in mind and could never fess up to it. He had a million chances to come clean and say, yeah guys, I'm an aspiring murderer with a PhD and fucking shit up. Let's get in the octagon and see who has the biggest dick, you pricks. But he didn't. There are times as an adult to be sneaky, unfortunately. Getting ahead in the dog-eat-dog -dog world requires some dishonesty at times. But if you have one goal, one singular goal, and that goal is to tear others down instead of building yourself up, then you have become a coward. And if you never change your goal, never succeed at your goal, fail at it through 300 episodes and simply can't say, yeah guys, it's me that keeps taking a dump in the oxygen tanks, then you wind up third on this very well-researched and scientific list. Number two, Francesco Scatino, the captain of the cruise ship Costa Concordia. In 2012, the Costa Concordia ran aground off of the coast of Italy because it was sailing too close to the coastline in a poorly lit shore area as it traveled too swiftly for conditions only 45 minutes after Captain Francesco Scatino was seen crushing a bottle of wine with a hottie. The impact of running aground caused water to rush into the ship with the swiftness of a million lesbians at a farmer's market. 
The ship lost power in the waning Italian sunlight. The captain, at first, blamed the electrical blackout for the ship running aground, when actually it was the other way around. The ship ran aground and caused the electrical blackout. Then, as the cruise ship flooded, old drunkard Captain Francesco Scatino asked his crewmates what he should tell the media. And this was before he even told the authorities about his own passengers drowning below deck. For half an hour, this guy didn't call the Coast Guard because I guess he thought people wouldn't notice. Another half an hour goes by, and then this grade A asshole decides to let people get into lifeboats, finally, but only after he himself jumps in the biggest lifeboat first. The Coast Guard, who couldn't believe the shit they were seeing, had to stand up for the passengers and tell the captain to get his ass back on the ship to help them. Even then, Scatino refused to budge. He explained that in the dark, and with the listing of the broken ship's poop deck, he had accidentally slipped and fell into the lifeboat first. Minutes later, he watched the deaths of his passengers from dry land. Three years later, Captain Chaos was found guilty of manslaughter, causing a shipwreck, abandoning his ship, and lying to authorities about the accident. He was sentenced to 16 years in prison. Being brave is not an easy thing to do, but when you mess up, fess up. Don't exaggerate your mistakes by trying to delay a solution or hide the problem, or worse, run away to let someone else discover your ineptitude. This wreck killed 32 people, injured many more, and put over 4,000 passengers at risk. Number one, General George McClellan. This U.S. general in the Civil War created the Army of the Potomac, a fierce fighting force that kept the United States intact. But organizing an army and actually fighting with that army are two different skill sets. And George McClellan didn't actually care for the fighting part of his job very much. So his Civil War resume became a master class in running away from the enemy. He would claim to be outnumbered and then he'd haul ass to a neighboring state. Or if he had more men but wasn't feeling confident that day, which was basically always, he'd haul ass to a neighboring state. He just refused to engage the enemy. And always had an excuse ready for when President Lincoln asked him why the fuck wasn't he and his army where he was supposed to be. Once, the commander-in-chief demanded that McClellan come to Washington, D.C. for a stern talking to. And McClellan was just like, new phone, who dis? And never showed up. The general's cowardice became such an issue that Lincoln was quoted as saying, if General McClellan does not want to use the army, I would like to borrow it for a time, provided I could see how it could be made to do something. Then, old Honest Abe fired him. And then, McClellan was like, oh, you want to go? And ran against Lincoln for the presidency. But even then, in a political campaign, 
McClellan was a coward. He agreed with Lincoln on everything, basically repudiating his own party's platform. So now, both Republicans and Democrats wanted to beat the shit out of him with a pillowcase filled with bars of soap. Courageous people stand for things. They can, they can be nailed down to a specific viewpoint because they stand strong in the face of scrutiny and public opinion. But when you are a coward, you don't stand for any one thing. You stand for everything, eventually, and you'll run away from everything, eventually, depending upon whatever is popular at any given time. And when you're a five-star coward like General McClellan, you'll even turn against people that trusted you. So there you go. The world's all-time least courageous people in podcast form so that it can be enjoyed while you commute to your job or while pooping. This bonus episode of Dumb People with Terrible Ideas has concluded their big ticket. For more information, go to ericexplains.com. That's E-R-I-C explains.com.